Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. It's great to be back with you to visit and to share what we're going to talk about this morning, and you're going to love my guest. But you know, it was really interesting. I don't know if your morning is like this, but I do normally go to the iPhone and check a few things as I'm doing my routine. What was so funny was that one of the emails was, which I don't always open all of the same ones, but this was from Oprah's site. And so it was one of those little catching statements, and it was called the best morning routine for your Zodiac sign. So somehow that gets my attention. You know, it's kind of like I'm getting another source of information here about who I am. And we're all trained from age three to look outside ourselves to get our information. So it's kind of hard to stop. But these are fun. Zodiac signs are fun. So I'm Aquarius, December the 31st. I mean, January the 31st. So Aquarius, perfect. I would like perfect. My sign, it said, unpredictable, period. Aquarians don't like being told what to do and have difficulty sticking to routines. So it's rare that two mornings are alike. Well, as I read this, I could have been totally surprised, but I really wasn't. Um, it's almost like it's a confirmation <laughs> of what I already know. One morning I'm cleaning out my closet because I've really gotten that push. And the next morning I'm doing strictly meditation and gratitude work. So it's, it's whatever the day is, is what I do. And I think the, the message here I'd like for you to walk away, and if you want to go to Oprah's, you could probably find out what your best morning routine is for the zodiac for your zodiac sign. But it's that we do know, we do know what calls us, what how we motivate ourselves. And there are no apologies. You are perfect with whatever you do. Whether you are do are <laughs> called unpredictable are very predictable whatever your sign is saying to you I think we kind of know that already um, it was a great um, I want to say confidence builder a great awakening for me when I completed my book which was effortless happiness and in this book it's how I identify my core values I have a solid base now, and I did this work finding my core values, my personal core values, not my professional, but my personal. (laughs) I had, I 
know what attracts me, why I'm drawn to certain people, why I'm drawn to certain activities. It's because I have done this work and I've identified my top five core values. So if you are wanting to move into the land of confidence and security and and knowing who you really are, then I encourage you to go to amazon.com, get your copy, or you can go through my website and get your copy of Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice, and finally ask for what you really, really want. So there you go. All started from the Zodiac sign this morning. Now, my guest today is an amazing woman. Her name is Dr. Barbara, quote unquote, Babs, is how we're going to call her, Dr. Babs, Kangas. Now, she is is well-schooled. She has a Master of Science, a Master of Arts, and a Doctor of Philosophy. She's also the founder of reinventionquest.com and is an author, speaker, and coach who has used her academic education, personal experience, and professional training to create a highly effective reinvention process, helping people determine what they want to change in their lives and in transitions who have survived one or more destructive relationships. At midlife, midlife, that would be 50, I'm assuming, Dr. Babb. Yes. (laughs) She went back to school earning a master's in social work and then a PhD in psychology. She began coaching clients in interviewing women in midlife transition who were suffering from unhealthy relationships. So welcome, Dr. Babs. How are you? Thank you so much, Joyce. I I really um, like the the idea that you're an Aquarian because I am also. So <laughs> unpredictable is what we can look for, I guess. Yes. And I love the, the name of your podcast, Second Win, because I think that really explains how like midlife transitions are it's yes. like you get a second win you get a second chance to uh-huh. move forward and i love that yeah thanks well it was around 50 when i got my second wind and that was as a result of a divorce and so that just propelled me on to do podcasting which i'd never even thought of being on the radio um and into writing a book and and just really getting to know who Joyce Buford was. And voila, here I am <laughs> today. So, and it's, it's so interesting because it, sometimes we have to have that transition in order to really get to know ourselves. Yes. And get out of a relationship that's maybe not healthy, holding us back uh, in some way. And, uh-huh. um it's an opportunity right. to move forward. Well, but I want to know, Barbara, how long, because I was in my marriage for 23 years, and I stayed, 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 kind of thinking, oh, it's going to get better every year. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And 
um, why is it that it takes us so long to make transitions like that? Some people may make them faster than I did, but I just tended to hang on. So, and I, I don't think I'm unusual in that respect. No, I don't think so. I stayed in my marriage 26 years, and uh-huh. um, and then when I left, I I just knew there were a lot of things that I wanted to do, and so it was kind of a, a an adventure time, but it was mm-hmm. also kind of scary. And I think that's the way life transitions are. You know, there's always a little loss, but yes. um, if you focus on the good parts, it, it really helps. And, but it does take a long time, I think. And we as women, we were conditioned kind of back uh, a while back, anyway, to stay in and to make it work. And yeah. um, I felt pressure from not my children so much, but um, my friends uh, and um just other people to stay. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. finally, I realized I needed, I really, really needed to go. And I think sometimes it takes something really amazing to make it evident that, that it's time. And other times, mm-hmm. you just kind of know, and there's no major development or anything. It's just that you know that it's time to move on. Right. Yeah. Um, I talked about, we visited yesterday to sort of get our ideas together for the year, for this program today. And I talked about the little red, the, the little signs that we see early, but we discount them because we want this to happen so much. And I felt there were early signs that I totally ignored because I so loved this man. And um, it it was probably not the best match for me, but um, I just I just love this man. (laughs) So I thought, well, it's going to work. You get married, it's going to work because I was from the Cinderella version, Um, you know, that we've been programmed for all these years to get married. That's what we do as women. Uh, So anyway, um, that's my story. But tell me about the, your defining moment, Barbara, Dr. Babb. I'm going to I'll okay. call you multiple well, things. I, I think with, with my marriage, I, I kind of knew early on because we had gone to college. I got married my junior year of college. So I really wasn't grown up. I didn't really know who I was. And then as I found out more um, that that I kind of grew grew out of that marriage. But I mm-hmm. had a couple of other uh, relationships where there were defining moments. Um, and so I, I think it just depends on the relationship. But, yeah. but my, I, I mean, I, I knew something wasn't right with the other two. I mean, I mm-hmm. knew. And what I discovered was there was... Um, a narcissism that I, I, and I went back to school, you know, getting three different degrees to figure out what was wrong. <laughs> and it, it took me a long time. And then I stayed yeah. in those relationships a long time while I was in school trying to figure it out. So right. I guess I, you could say I was a slow learner, but 
I think I finally have it all figured out. And uh, I think when you realize that your safety might be in peril, that was that was yeah. really the defining blow that um, one of one of mine. Uh, relationships he ended up coming into my home with a gun and said he was oh. going to kill himself and he oh. actually I, I saw my life flash in front of my eyes because and I saw my children as little children in yeah. that moment we were standing in the kitchen and he pulled the gun out and pointed it to his head and he said oh I'm God. not going to hurt you but I know um, you know what happens usually they they hurt you know, they kill you, then they kill themselves. And I managed to bring up my therapist self and kind of talked him down and told mm-hmm. him that I would take him to the doctor the next day. So we kind of worked that out. But I realized at that point, I realized that I'd been with someone that was really a dangerous person to my family. And I still had right. two children living at home. So, uh, I mean, that that was a really scary thing. And, I, and it took that in spite of all the other stuff, you know, that I knew. I knew mm-hmm. those relationships weren't right. But that, that was really the crowning blow, I think, for me. Yeah. Well, that would definitely get your attention, you know. Yeah, that's, that's scary. That's really scary. Um, it was scary. And he had yeah. never been um, violent or anything. But but there wa- I did know that he was sort of a narcissist, that, you know, he really uh, was manipulative and grandiose and, and really didn't listen. All the things that you know that you should pay attention to. But yes. you think you can change. And I, as a therapist, <laughs> I thought, I can help this person. Yeah. And and I couldn't, you know. I really just couldn't. Uh, I Now, you, you had, you were a doctor of philosophy then. You had completed your schooling. Oh, I was, no, right? I was working on it. It took me oh, actually 10 years to get, get my PhD. Um, yes. Because I was working on it as I was going through my divorce and then while I was in this relationship. So I wasn't yet. And Uh I don't know if that would have made a difference. Sometimes you can't help yourself, whereas you can see other people's situations and know what's best for them. So, yeah, yeah, I wasn't wasn't quite finished with, with my dissertation at that point. Yeah, right. Well, I'm interested in knowing why um, so many of us at midlife, uh, 50, 60, um, don't think about creating something new. Now, I don't understand. I mean, for me, my personality, I guess, is that I was all about building, and I had been very active in a children's museum here in Tyler, and so um, I was in the building mode, if you will. For many uh-huh. of my listeners out there and people that I speak to, I get that they don't think they they almost feel that their life is in a decline more than it's in a life of possibilities. Do you find that in working with uh, women in that age range? 
Yes, I think there there is a point, and it's different for different people. Like, you know, for some people, 50 is just really over the hill, but no longer. Right. I think it's the 50 is the new 30 or whatever. Yes, but, yes. Um, I, I find that women also, they take um, responsibility for taking care of everybody else, and so they forget about taking care of themselves. And yes. so they they tend to not, really think about themselves in a way where they could they could do something different. Yes. They, they, they tend to just kind of want to keep things the same. And I think we all kind of fight change, you know, throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. But then once we realize the possibilities, and I think that's the value of coaching or, you know, journaling, working with, with other in women's groups, if we and we're seeing more and more women at midlife and after going for it, you know, really just putting themselves out there and not stopping. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love to see that mm-hmm. um, because a lot yeah. of I think I think there's more now than there used to be. People yes, are are taking the time to really think their life through, and some many of the women are initiating divorces and. So they're they're moving forward, and they kind of know what they want, mm-hmm. you know, before it happens. Mm-hmm. Not that they're looking yeah. for another person, but you know, they they know that their life isn't right the way it is. Right. Well, I was curious because I was looking at some. You know, we t- talked briefly about there's a condition that can happen when a woman is living in a, for a long time in a mentally abusive or physically abusive or um, just an, a relationship that is full of, of uh, controlling and um, just not very uh, good partnership. And one of the things that I've is the the post traumatic stress syndrome sometimes happens to us. Now, naive me, I was thinking that was only happened if you were in the battlefield, or if you were in this working as a policeman. But I actually had a friend that was on one of those call in lines for emergency, and she even went through traumatic. Post, post-traumatic stress syndrome. So there are many situations that I think call for it or can bring it into each, each bring it into our lives. But if there's a woman out there that uh, is feeling she's just crazy, <laughs> in other words, I feel like I'm losing my mind in this relationship. So what I'm trying to do is share with my listeners, those thoughts that we would have if we are experiencing a terribly stressful relationship that needs work. I'm not saying believe, but it needs development. It needs growth. Right. right. So I, mean, I was I looking... See... What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well I, mean, I was just going to know... say there are so, you know... Those relationships tend to wear us down, drain us, yes. and and we lose. I really feel like we lose part of ourselves in those relationships, and so it takes a great deal of effort to really 
build back even mm-hmm. either within the relationship or with if if it's decided to leave you know it, right. it's really really difficult but mm-hmm. it's so important right to, important from the standpoint stand from the stance of taking care of yourself is that it right and showing self compassion because we tend to take care of everybody else Mm-hmm. And we we forget about ourselves. And I I think in a relationship that's that's draining like that, um, mm-hmm. we can kind of it's a slow process, but we kind of lose our self esteem, our sense of self, oh, and yeah. we kind of forget who we are. Mm-hmm. And if we can get that back, you know, it, it's vital. It's really mm-hmm. vital. Because right. if we can't, it it doesn't end well. So mm-hmm. I I just think, um, and we're not aware of it. I mean, it, it's like you know, have you heard the yeah, story of so the rock subtle. chipper? You know, like little by little, step yes. by step, you're destroyed, mm-hmm. kind of. And that's that's kind of the reality of a lot of women in these yes. kind of relationships. They yeah. give, 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 and and they're exhausted. They're not taking uh-huh. care of their physical health, and uh-huh. they just kind of lose it. So I just think it's so important to be super aware of what's going on in a relationship and monitor that because we can get sort of complacent, mm-hmm. sort of like this is the way it is, and I'll just mm-hmm. take it, mm-hmm. whereas we don't have to. You know, no longer do we have to just stand by and watch ourselves be destroyed. Yeah, right. Yeah. And when I talk to people about that, I mean, really, y'all, I want to share that I had no idea I would be doing this podcast, which I dearly love to do, and bringing this message to you, bringing wonderful people like Dr. Babs to you so that we could discuss and inform you that if you are in this type of a relationship, it's time to wake up. It's time to look at the possibilities that are still ahead of you. There's a lot of sadness too, that you may be going through, but it's just knowing, had I had a podcast to listen to, which back in my 50s, there wasn't, not many, many podcasts, but I would, it would have been such a great tool to have listened to Dr. Babs this morning and to know, oh, I kind of fit in this. So um, that's why I'm so excited about it's all a growth. It's growth. You're building on and you can move out of where you are if you find yourself in this type of situation. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just think people need to be aware of really what the red flags are, what what the signs are that things aren't right, because mm-hmm. often we just tend to accept the status mm-hmm. quo, sort of, and uh uh, you know, even in the beginning of a relationship, there are often red flags that we don't we don't pay attention to, right? Because we're so wanting love. Yes. And then, and then when we see something happen, uh, oh, he's not listening to me. Well, he's probably tired, you know, or <laughs> you know, maybe maybe there's a lot going on at work. We give people excuses. Mm-hmm. instead of trying to communicate and really figure out what's going on in the relationship. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, what was the first thing you did once? Okay, you went to school. So what was the next thing? Did you start bringing in like fun activities or how did you make that start making that transition, Dr. Babs? Well, I, um, I was lucky. I had a lot of friends, um, and I, um, at first, I mean, I kind of just had to sit with it a little while and figure out, and I think it's important not to just jump right in and do the first thing that comes to your mind, but I Mm -hmm. kind of had always loved school, and so the first course I took was a course in, I just took one, in -hmm. personality, and and then I did it so part-time, but now I look back and I realize that was the way I had to do it. Some people Mm -hmm. need to but I needed the time because I was going through the divorce. I was trying to take care of my children. I had a lot of responsibilities. Yes. So uh, I just find it's different for everybody. Some people know exactly what they want to do and they jump right into a new career and that's fine for them. But I think it does mm-hmm. make sense to take a little time and just reflect. I really encourage journaling because I think that really gets us in touch with what we really want and, mm-hmm. you know, what our priorities are, what, you know, our passions are, gets us back yeah. in touch with who we are. Right. And I want to emphasize it doesn't have to be huge, like you said. It can be a baby steps. I mean, I always encourage right. someone to reconnect with, you know, what they enjoyed doing in their younger years. And, um, and maybe that's painting. Maybe it's a painting class. It's just something that sort of reconnects them. I love the journaling idea. I think that's really wonderful because it's a great way for somebody to get to know themselves. But if you yes, know but you're person, right. Going back to what what you love to do, maybe uh-huh. it seems overwhelming when you're first starting out to get all of your art supplies out. But maybe you could just. Yeah. Start with drawing a picture, you know, doodling or just anything, picking up a pencil. The smallest (laughs) step forward of taking action is what Mm -hmm. will move you forward and build your confidence to keep going. Yeah. And, it, you know, it may work out. You may become Grandma Moses or you may just kind of want to go a different direction, but at least it gets you moving. um, Right out of where you are and into something that is promising. Yeah. For me, it was take a trip because I love traveling. Oh, yes. I have no, I'm not artistic at all. I can, so that was not my choice, but it's what resonates with the person that's going through the transition. That's what I think we need to keep Yeah, it's whatever, you know, is, and a lot of times, um, Going back to something even that you did as a child, yes. like a lot of people haven't painted or picked up a pencil yeah. since they were in art, you know, in yeah. middle school or something, but they yeah. loved it at that point or yeah. dancing well, or it's I'm just anything that here, really Dr. grabs Adams. your attention. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt here so we can go to our break. And when we come back, we'll be talking and giving you more suggestions of how you can make this transition or things you need to be aware of in making the transition because there's a brighter day on the other side. So we'll be back. 
Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Dr. Babs, and she is giving us some excellent suggestions about how you re, uh, how you take the beginning steps to reconnect with who you are. The recovery process for a woman, once she's been in a, um, a controlling relationship or one with a um, narcissist, it's it's really a, a, a slow transition out of what you eventually find yourself one day looking around going, I don't know who I am. I've been through this crazy experience. What am I going to do now? So uh, one of the things is rediscovering yourself. And Dr. Babs told us about writing in a journal, just sitting down and just pouring your heart out in that journal with good information, good fears, thoughts that you had that day. Get them out of your head and onto paper. Then also revisiting those things. One thing that you used to love to do as a young person, reconnect with that little girl. Talk with her, visit with her, find out what she loved, and it'll come to you very quickly. So it's just under the surface. So Dr. Babs, what do you have any other suggestions? Those are two really good ones, I think. I think um, one thing is that when we, <clears throat> excuse me, when we we're in the situation of rebuilding our lives, mm-hmm. a lot of times it can be kind of scary. It can be kind of mm-hmm. anxiety-producing to be yes. thinking about making a change. Yeah, and. Um, and so I think it's really important to journal about that, but also to really think about what am I feeling like, okay, I'm thinking about maybe applying for a job mm-hmm. or going back to school, and what am, but I'm, I'm really anxious about that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I learned recently from, I went to an event of Christian Michelson, but he was mm-hmm. talking about... Yeah. Learning how to accept feelings. And he said, um, the real fear that we have is feeling our feelings. 
Yeah. And so one one uh, helpful tip was he has something called a peace process. So he says, feel where you have uh, discomfort in your body when you think about making this big, bold move. Mm-hmm. Like maybe going back to school or getting a job. And where, where are you feeling the discomfort in your body? And everybody express, uh, experiences stress in a different way, I think. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people feel it in their chest. And so mm-hmm. if you can just just sit with that feeling and just accept it mm-hmm. and kind of, as he says, give it love, but just feel it. And eventually, if you do this enough times, that feeling, that fear will dispel and kind of go away or mm-hmm. get smaller or maybe move to a different part of your body, but at least you're not avoiding the feelings because I think that is one of the, the worst things we can do is just block those feelings and not pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I think acknowledging it, the pain, yes. wherever you feel it and, and just uh, sitting with it and then just taking quiet time, for self-reflection, meditation mm. is wonderful, talking to friends. Sometimes a coach or a therapist is something that you'll you'll want to do. I mean, it, it depends on the person. But um, it's, it's important to just take that time before you head yeah. out in a new direction. Yeah. And, and I, just write it. For me, writing it out helps. Some people... Uh, are better at talking it out. You know, it depends on how you feel better doing yeah. it. But I, I just feel like writing lets me just empty everything. And yeah. so then, then I, then I have a, a fresh brain to work with. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I really, really do encourage, um, women to think seriously about getting a team member, <laughs> and I call that team member a coach or, uh-huh. or, as you said, a therapist. But you do need a partner in this journey. Uh, and it doesn't need to be your best friend. It needs to be an independent person that will tell you and bring to your attention those things that you need to be aware of, what, what it will take to move to the next step and how you're doing on the scale. So I'm a big advocate, of course I am, of finding that support team. And the support team is either a coach or a therapist to help you move through such a transition because you're making a big transition. Don't you feel that way? I do, I do. And uh, there are so many different kinds of transitions. I mean, we've talked about divorce, but there are other things like a loss of a spouse or a move or an empty nest where your whole identity is kind of turned upside down. Mm -hmm. And so finding uh, someone to talk to that maybe has been through this or helped other people through it, I think is is invaluable, really. Oh, yeah. Well, the loss of a job is really uh, can be major these days because so many of us live from paycheck to paycheck. And so if you haven't, you know, built your, your emergency fund, 
you're going to need to get somebody that can help you move through and create that. So, you know, loss of a job is a big one that we see so many. I'm, You know, my heart goes out to all of those people in the government work that are struggling oh, I know. these days with um, President Trump's decision there. So um, anyway, I just um, there's a lot of people suffering. So whatever your transition is. Get what you need to support you through it. Now, don't be saying, I don't have money, because there's a way you can work that out. The most important thing is to realize you need the the help so that you can make the money. If you let the money stand in the way, then you can't progress to the point where you could make the money quickly. Um, But it helps to have, you know, I once, the first time I had to go buy tires, I I sort of rely, you know, car tires, tires for my car. And uh, my father always did that. So I never had to do it. And but my husband did not do that. So I had so I was working and I asked every I think I asked like three or four men in the office which tire they liked. And every one of them gave me a different tire. I mean, I knew less than when I started. Maybe I knew more because I knew there were four different types of tires out there. But it was so interesting to me finding that one person that you can put your faith in that's going to help you move through this transition. I did end up buying a tire, but I have no idea. I don't think the men influenced me at all. (laughs) I think I could have used it. Well, it's true, and you take for granted a lot of the things that you've gotten help with, even though, I mean, no relationship is totally bad. And so you do miss a lot of things. And I think it's good to be aware and, and try to find support for the things that you really don't want to do or are not able to do. Right, right. Another thing, I think, um, in terms of self-awareness, because we tend to talk to ourselves all the time, but sometimes the things we say are not that nice. So I I really think it's it's great if we can monitor our self-talk and and. Listen to what we're saying. Like, I just remember saying, oh, you're so stupid. You can't, you can't even cook a meal. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I used to beat myself up and we need Mm -hmm. to be really compassionate because especially when you're going through a transition, um, Mm -hmm. if you monitor what you're saying to yourself and, and write it down, then you can change it. If it's a negative, you can change it into a positive. And that's mm-hmm. really, really important. Um, it's like cognitive is changing your your cognition, changing yourself, and mm-hmm. and also saying to yourself, "I am a, a strong, powerful woman," and and using some affirmations that make you feel stronger and more powerful will yeah. will change your mood and change the way you feel about yourself and your sense of self. Right. Yeah. Um, I have worked with a, another coach. I listen to her a lot on, we are so fortunate to be in this technology age. I mean, I love all the information that we can get just sitting in our house, looking at that computer, but there's a woman, Marissa Peer, and she does hypnosis, but, um, 
she has a program. And one of the things that one of her programs is I am enough. And many, many, many women believe they are not enough. From little girl, they believe they're not enough. And so one of the simple things she does that I love is she said, I want you to just write, I am enough on your mirror, your bathroom mirror, so that Uh you see it. And it's like that, it's like that constantly seeing it. It's, I call it the little brain issue called RAS. It's in your head that the more yes. you see something, the more it becomes your reality. And so I love that little hint that she gives to all of us that are on her programs. Um, just writing those little notes. And I have them pasted all over my house so that if I'm walking <laughs> down the hall, I see that. You know, the more information you got, the better it is. <laughs> That's right. And that that whole idea of I'm not enough, it, we have to fight that because we are enough. And I think yes. everyone, um, you just you just have to keep telling yourself and asking for feedback from friends and mm-hmm. cutting out all the naysayers in your life really is important, too, because a lot of people... I don't know why they seem to kind of want to put you down or if you're choosing a different life, maybe they want to do that too, but they, they're not brave enough. So they'll, they'll knock you for doing it, you know? And Mm -hmm. I just think it's important to really, really keep telling yourself and working on, on yourself every single day. Mm -hmm. You are enough and Mm -hmm. you don't have to believe any of the, the old beliefs that you you taught yourself early on you you are enough mhm and i love i love that she puts it a lot of people if they have a goal even a small goal they'll put it on their bathroom mirror and uh-huh. and that you know they see it every day so um right it's yeah. it's really important so mm-hmm. important mhm um I want to share another thing because I don't know these ideas are coming up. I hope everybody is listening because it's taken me a lifetime to collect all these. I don't know about you, Dr. Babs, but <laughs> this this is an ongoing building list here. But I know with my work with Jack Canfield, he does a practice, and I believe it, it started with um, uh, the lady that does had created the the book um, – the first, um, oh, well, anyway. Was it Eat, Pray, uh, Love? Or, no. No, not that one. But anyway, Jack had a practice where he would stand in front of the mirror and praise himself at the end of the day. In other words, if I were speaking to myself and I was looking in the mirror and I was saying, Joyce, you really did good today. You you uh, went to the store. You got your work done. I like the way that you address this audience. Um, I was really proud of how you handled yourself. And it's you talking to you, but it's hearing that audible uh, acclaim coming back at you because you're seeing yourself talking. Um and then he always lo- closes this like 10 minute rampage that you go on 
and he did it every day. He gave us something <laughs> like he had done it 116 times or he'd done it for a year or something. It was unbelievable. But um, then he would always end it with, I love you. And people in our class would cry because just say, I love you to yourself in the mirror was so impactful. Yeah, very powerful. Mm. Mm. So that was, I can't remember what he called that exercise, but yeah, he just called it the mirror exercise. There you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's not make it difficult here. So, you know, just doing the mirror exercise is another way to reaffirm, start building that, that praise that you hadn't heard of. And when you're going through transition, you need so badly to hear that praise. Right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, it's so important. And I, I think sometimes people feel like, oh, it's silly or whatever, but it's not. It, it's really, it really gets through. I know Tony Robbins does a lot of that too, you know, like yeah. that, um, yeah. that kind of talking. And it, it's just very, very empowering to, to hear your own voice. It's mm-hmm. like finding your voice, you know, which we all need to do after yeah. a transition or during a transition. And yeah. sometimes people have more than one transition. I mean, like, <laughs> I know people that I've had clients that have, they've gotten a divorce, their kids have left for college, everything has happened at once. And mm-hmm. then I, it, it's, it's just interesting to see how they deal with it. Because yeah. it's... You have to you have to just keep going one foot in front of the next and and keep moving forward and finding your way in life and yeah. and it's never never too late. I mean, I know I was fifty five when I finished my degree and Yay! I'm way way over Yay! that now. <laughs> so I'm seventy four now and I'm still going. You know, I'm still I'm teaching in a community college and I just feel like. A lot of people, especially maybe here in Florida, I've noticed that, like, a lot of people are just kind of on the beach or something, and I just, I never want to stop working, and I, yes. I don't know if that means I'm a workaholic, but also, you know, if you have a purpose, when you find your purpose, you really want to keep going with it, and you don't want to let up, because yes. time is really precious, and yes. you just want to keep keep moving forward, and helping others find themselves and impacting as many people as you can mm-hmm. while we're on this wonderful earth. So, right. Oh yeah. I'd say I've had more than definitely. I think we have multiple defining moments. I call them defining moments or those moments that really stop you and sort of change your direction. Um, you know, just a couple of years ago I had the, the breast cancer interruption oh. And, you know, it just kind of stopped me for a while, but I was very lucky in that it was very early. And so it just was a nuisance to have to go through the the steps to um, get well. But, I mean, those are just, and the, particularly as we age, you know, Dr. Babs, that we have these issues that we're always cropping up because the body is not a 30-year-old. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And then our kids. I mean, my daughter had breast cancer, and that uh, took a year of my – I mean, I left Florida. I went back up to north and stayed mm-hmm. and went through. That was her. She's fine yeah. now. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it was really – it was so scary. And right. uh, that was that was a real wake up call, you know, because she had two kids, and I mean, we all went yeah. through that with her. And it's just like you never know. We have friends right. that go through things, so mm-hmm. we know things are going to happen, and we just know that we need to keep going and not not let us stop us. Yeah, right. Just move on as if it's and when this is finished I'll go back to this or whatever is the next step but um, anyway that is about life transitions right there Um, health issues parents children our own physical issues so there's always something coming up that we have I don't want to skim over the importance of today's call which was for the woman that's in transition that she know there is if she's in transition that she may want to connect with Dr. Babs and how would she do that Dr. Babs well I I haven't put up my website although I'm in the process of that um, uh-huh. But I would welcome uh, an email from anyone who might want to connect. Um, my email is the word motivation, M-O-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N dot D-Y-N at gmail.com. And mm-hmm. I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm working on the website. So <laughs> moving forward, I'll yeah. have more options but right now the email is probably the best way okay and then you also were a participant in a community book you called it um a collaborative book um called expert success solutions so where do they find that is it on that is on amazon yeah, Good. that's on Amazon, and I, uh, there were two different versions of that. I was in the first one, and mm-hmm. my chapter in that is on reinvention. So, oh, yeah. um, right. But uh, those books dealt with a lot of different topics, and they're very interesting, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, several different authors. Uh, yes. And I'm, right, I'm actually working on my book uh, about uh, what I've gone through with the the narcissist of my life. <laughs> so, um, and it's going to be like a memoir in it and also a how to. So it's a combination and, um, but that's not going to be out for a little while, but I, I'm really excited about it because I'm talking about what I went through and I'm hoping that I'll be able to save some people time that they might've stayed or, that they have not dealt as well with the relationship that they're in. Right. And, and so, um, so anyway, that's, that's yeah. in the, the working. So anyway, mm-hmm. it's very exciting. Yeah. I, I want to share this with, with the audience because you brought it up. Uh, you know, staying too long is, is pretty easy to do when we're faced with a difficult decision like leaving a marriage. Uh, 
And so I, you know, was trying to go through the forgiveness work that everybody says you must go through the forgiveness work. And I was having difficulties forgiving. And so anyway, I spoke again to Marissa Peer and I said, how do you forgive somebody that was, you know, so cruel to you? And she said, you know, you need to first forgive yourself because you stayed in a relationship that could not be fixed. And I was like, yeah. it just stunned me. I was like, whoa, I never thought about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. yeah. So, we you know, then I said, of, of that, you, know, you know, how much, yeah. how much we give and, and sometimes it's just not going to change. Yes. Many yeah. times it does, and, and we want to give it a chance. But uh, if you know it's not going to, then you need to be able to forgive yourself mm-hmm. for staying and, and, and just going through that, putting yourself through that and your family, whatever. You know, like it's, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, that was such a shocker for me. I just, that was like, it just slapped me in the face. Saying, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'll have to have a chapter on forgiveness. Yes, uh, forgiving yourself, not forgiving the other one. Yeah, but sometimes right. we do have to forgive uh, other people. I mean, it, it is an important concept, but, but I think we do forget to forgive ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you stayed and you stayed. And you stayed. You know, for all of us, we have to move at our internal clock. Sometimes it's not as fast as looking back on it we wish we had. But if you, you know, you can't keep saying, oh, what if, what if. You kind of have to accept it. It's what you needed at the time to do the best you could in that given situation. So I really encourage every woman, person listening to this, to realize we progress according to our internal clock. So no more of this regretful thinking. It's accepting it as it is, how it played out, and moving on into the glory of the new you. That's my that's my little praise there. I don't want anybody to get hung up in what ifs. You know, what if you no. come up yesterday, you know? And I love that, yes, for sure. <laughs> moving so, forward, moving on. Moving forward. forward, yay. So I'm going to look forward to that website. When do you think you're going to have that website up? Well, I'm speaking to them this afternoon. So, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it won't take that long. So it. You know, within a few yeah. weeks, I should have have it. So right. that'll be fun because I want to have a blog and I really want to write and 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 you love to help write. women. I yeah. do love to write. I do. I'm getting the idea you'd love to write. Yes, well, then, I do. I have to talk it. <laughs> Where are you? Surprised? Yeah, everybody's different <laughs> in the way yeah. that they. They deal with things, but I, I think a blog is something that would really yeah, help help me help others, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I and want then, to thank you very then, much for being with us here today, Dr. Babs. 
I, Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I love connecting with people and, and building these relationships, and that is exactly how Dr. Babs and I met. We met at an event, and we are now creating and trying to change women's lives moving forward. So um, thank you, thank you, Barbara, for being here with me today. Oh, thank you. And I I wish all of your audience the best in any transition <laughs> they're in because <laughs> it, it's not easy, but it, it's definitely worth, worth yes. working through. Yes, it is. Well, as we get ready for the end of the show, it's coming, it's coming. There's lots of information in this, so you may need to reread it because it's full of packed good ideas. So next week, we will have another guest that you will love listening to their information as they share with whatever transition support that you may be needing. I love being here with you today, and I loved having Dr. Bob. Barb as our guest. And so I hope this week is awesome for you. You can make it that way. Enjoyed being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System. Women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 